Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Off the Cuff, Evacor Healthcare's podcast. I am Emily Coe, Senior Director of Clinical Content at Evacor. Today, we have the pleasure of talking to Dr. Joe Weiss, gastroenterologist who is a medical principal at Evacor Healthcare. Hi, Joe. Good morning, Emily. How are you? Great. How are you? Fantastic. What a wonderful beginning to the year. I know. This is very exciting. You have an illustrious career in gastroenterology. And now I'm really curious, how has the transition been for you going from working in clinical practice to utilization management at Evacor? I have to share with you, just as a background, I have been thrilled since I joined Evacor (laughs) nearly a year ago. It has been a fantastic experience and for me an eye-opener. In all candor, I didn't even know that this industry existed. There is so much to understand and know and medicine is changing so rapidly. The advances are so dramatic. To my embarrassment, again, I will date myself, I've been (laughs) in medicine for over 40 years. Some of the things we did under the belief that this is the proper and appropriate care has been proven wrong. For me, the enlightenment has been that there are peoples, there is an enterprise, there is an industry focused on quality assurance, and that requires keeping up with the literature, keeping Mm -hmm. up with the advances, summarizing it, providing guidelines for those in clinical practice with the latest, the current approach, the up-to-date best care that we can provide. And it is that that really keeps me stimulated intellectually. So my background is in public health, and I know that whenever there is a TV personality or someone in pop culture who embraces uh, some sort of public health issue, uh, it can make an impact in awareness and subsequent behavior change in the population. Uh, I remember back in 2000, Katie Couric had an on-air colonoscopy. Her husband had died of colon cancer, and she wanted to do this to increase awareness around colon cancer screenings. Um, did that impact your practice or your peers' practice? Uh, Can you talk a little bit about um, how that episode um, affected your work as a GI doc? Yeah, Katie Couric really did a phenomenal public service by advocating for colorectal cancer screening. Her husband tragically died at age 43 of colorectal cancer. It is a cancer that has very few warning signs or symptoms. It occurs in the younger population, much like in her husband's case. And most recently, Chadwick Boseman, the Oscar-winning actor, passed Mm -hmm. away at age 43 of colorectal cancer. This is not a rare disease. It is unfortunately and tragically common. But when a celebrity goes on national television, and undergoes what most people would say is a not to be spoken about uh, internal examination of one's colon, that was a social boundary breaking event. And it did have a dramatic impact on making the public aware that you should not be embarrassed. And one of the advertising campaigns for the American Cancer Society's and others was don't die of embarrassment because of yes. concern about bowel and bowel health. Gastroenterology is a very highly utilized service. Endoscopy, colonoscopy, our services are very, very prominent. We are tens of billions of dollars per year. There is a significant percentage of that that is wasteful. 
where it's being overutilized, performed too frequently, above and beyond what reasonable evidence-based guidelines would suggest. There's also a site of care issue, and that's something we're gonna be addressing through Evacor, is if you have the same service performed at a hospital, it can be two, three, up to 10 times more expensive than that performed in an outpatient ambulatory setting, and the quality is identical. The professional services are identical. If you could save 90% of the expense and redirect that to preventive care, public health, I think that's a yeah. great idea. Right. Now, there, there may be folks listening and watching, watching this podcast who are not as familiar with GI care. Can you tell us a little bit about the capsule endoscopy? What, how does that work? What does it look like? Do you do that in the clinic? Just can you give us a little more information on that? Sure. Uh, the technology is advancing rapidly. And again, I'm going to date myself. There was a movie, must be 30 or 40 years ago, called Fantastic Voyage. You don't if you haven't seen it, it's, <laughs> not a, seen that. it's a classic film where they miniaturized the scientists who then took a tour through the human body. So they swallowed a capsule, if you will. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like science fiction from 30 or 40 years ago coming to reality. <laughs> I, when I started in gastroenterology, the procedures were fiber optic based. They were a bit more primitive. Today, we use CCDs, these charge couple device, video formats, it's much higher resolution. The instruments are much narrower, much greater flexibility, you get a much better view, much better examinations than we did 10, 20, 30 years ago. The capsule endoscopy is a breakthrough. It's actually an Israeli company that developed it. It sounds like something high tech and science fiction. It's a big pill, it's a capsule, you swallow it. Within this capsule that you have swallowed, are video recording cameras that transmit the moving images to really an cool. external recorder. It is recording a movie of the capsule traveling through your gastrointestinal tract. So it's pretty wild, but it has revolutionized our ability to look at areas that were previously inaccessible or very difficult to access. The gastrointestinal tract is long from the mouth to the other end. It's about 30 feet or so in length. We do upper endoscopy, also known as esophago-gastro-duodenoscopy. I was I not say, even gonna try to uh, pronounce that. <laughs> it took years of training to be able to pronounce that, much less do it. So we've abbreviated it as EGD. So that is looking at the upper tract, the esophagus, the stomach, the duodenum. There is colonoscopy, which looks at the colon. More often than not, you can go all the way through the junction with the small bowel and enter the terminal ileum. But there was another 20 some feet that we could not see, could not examine, unless you were to be in the operating theater where the surgeon would take the bowel and slide it over the colonoscope or endoscope, and then you could look at it, but that's really invasive. You're talking about not only endoscopic invasion, but surgical invasion. The capsule endoscopy allows us to examine the small intestine, the small bowel, the 20 some feet of the, not only the duodenum, but the jejunum, the ileum, and on occasion, things occurred there as well. So it has really opened up a whole new horizon in inspecting and examining the bowel. 
but it's not like a colonoscope. You can't go in and snip out tissues or take biopsies yet. That right. technology is evolving and they are anticipating that the capsules will be modified so that they can take samples of tissue. They probably would have built-in lasers to zap and oh, destroy gosh. tumors. So <laughs> yeah. technology is coming along very, very rapidly, but it, it is a real advance and it is done as an outpatient. You swallow the capsule, you take the recording device with you, it records, you come back. And here's the great news. You don't have to retrieve the capsule. Oh, that's a relief. <laughs> well, and I'm thinking of a new I'm thinking of a new movie title, Honey, I Shrunk Your Endoscopy. <laughs> I like it. In a way, that's exactly what has happened. Exactly <laughs> what happened. And some people are now using the capsule endoscopy to replace EGDs. They're talking about it eventually, if the technology continues to evolve, being used in exchange for the traditional colonoscopy. And that will be a real advantage. So it's coming. It's, it's yeah. working its way. And it's down on the path. Well, and right now, how is that the capsule being used? What types of conditions are being identified? Is that a Crohn's disease detection or? Yes, it's um, typically looking at small bowel. One of the most common causes that it is used for is, I'm sorry, one of the most common reasons it is used is to search for the source of occult bleeding. Internal gastrointestinal bleeding where the source could not be identified on the EGD, no ulcers, no hiatal hernia, no gastritis, or on colonoscopy, nor, no polyps, no diverticula, uh, no cancers. And yet the blood is coming from the GI tract because the FIT test, the occult blood test is positive. It is showing that the bleeding is coming from the GI tract, but it's not the upper, it's not the lower, it must be in between. And this is where the capsule has a real role to play. It can identify the source of small intestinal bleeding. It can also be useful for inflammatory bowel disease. Yes, Crohn's disease is another common application. It's not perfect. It's not as accurate as we would love it to be. And there are potential complications, although fortunately those are infrequent. The capsule can become lodged if there is a narrowing, a stricture or a blockage of the bowel. And that can be an issue. And sometimes it has to be removed surgically, but that is infrequent. But overall, again, it's added to the armamentarium. It's just one more high technology advance and there are more to come. Thank you, Joe. This has been a great conversation today and I look forward to talking to you more. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Bye. Thanks everybody for watching today. Join us next month for another exciting conversation.